Episode 57, The Science of Kindness and How It Impacts Your Emotional Health. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. This month, we are focusing on kindness. Last week, we discussed the ripple effect of kindness and how kindness not only impacts the person you're helping, it also affects you and anyone else who witnesses it. We talked about geese who fly in a V-shaped formation and how they utilize the physical phenomenon of lift. We compared it to the powerful experience of kindness and how kindness creates lift for everyone involved. As I was recording this podcast today, I received a phone call from a close friend in Virginia. She told me she was on her way to my house to weed my garden. What? I was so touched. She has five children of her own and a very busy schedule. No one asked her to come, but she came to my house to help just to be kind. I'm so thankful to her. She's an amazing example of creating lift all around her. Today, we're going to break down the science of kindness and why it matters. Next week, we'll discuss how to help your kids be more kind and think outside of themselves. The following week, we'll discuss people-pleasing. It can be easy to get confused between people-pleasing and kindness, so we'll discuss the difference and how to stop people-pleasing while still being kind. You've likely experienced the good feeling of helping someone out, and you may have heard or read about some of the benefits of kindness. Today, I want to break down the science of kindness. It is fascinating to understand the physiological changes that occur when you're kind. Let me introduce this topic by sharing a fascinating study done in the 1970s. Dr. Robert Neerham and his team of scientists wanted to test the relationship between heart health and diet. They fed nearly genetically identical rabbits the same high-fat diet. They expected that due to the high-fat diet, they would all have poor health outcomes but they didn't. There was one group of rabbits that were healthier. In fact, they were 60% healthier than the other rabbits. The researchers looked at several different factors. They wondered if there was a flaw in the study design or maybe the food that was being fed, but nothing seemed to pan out. The only difference they could find was that this group of rabbits was under the care of a very kind and caring researcher. She took time to hold and stroke and talk to the bunnies that she cared for. It seemed like this was an unlikely reason for the health differences, but they decided to reconduct the testing, controlling for all the other factors. The results of the study were the same. Kindness made a significant difference in the health of these rabbits. Dr. Kelly Harding recently wrote a book detailing this experiment and the impact of our social experience on our health. The book is titled The Rabbit Effect. In her book, she details the powerful impact of kindness on our health, both physically and mentally. While there are impressive biological results from kindness, both physically and emotionally, today, I'm primarily going to focus on the impact of kindness on our emotional health. 
As expats, we experience a high prevalence of depression, anxiety, stress, substance abuse, divorce, and loneliness, as well as other things that could compromise our emotional or mental health. There are so many tools that can alleviate much of this suffering. I love understanding the physiology of kindness as an important tool in our tool belt, especially because kindness is free, it's simple, and it takes a relatively small amount of time to participate in it. It has significant emotional health benefits, and there are no negative physiological side effects. As we understand the physiological changes that occur when we're kind, we can recognize some of the benefits of kindness more easily and associate them with the kindness that produced these chemical changes. In addition, as we understand the science behind kindness, we recognize how humans are designed and wired for kindness. In particular, I want to highlight the association between kindness and mental health. Before we dive in, I want to share with you a free resource that I offer. In our world today, emotional health support is important for us and for our children. I wanted to find a way to support moms in a way that didn't require a lot of time or money. So I developed something that I call one minute wisdom. Each week, I carefully craft one tool or perspective that you can implement with your family that week to improve your relationships, increase your confidence and feel better. I designed these tools to be read in about a minute. The best part is this resource is totally free. Let me share with you what one mom shared about one minute wisdom. She said, I loved your message about finding purpose. The difference between purpose with a capital P and purpose with a lowercase p. A friend of mine has been a stay at home mom and is feeling a loss of purpose with her kids all in school. I shared your message with her and it's been so helpful. Thank you. You can sign up on my website at theexpatmom.com or through the link in the show notes. So let's jump into our topic on the science of kindness. When I was pregnant with my third daughter, we were living in China. I used to shop for produce at a wet market there. So that meant there were no shopping carts or convenient parking lots. I often parked on the street and walked a couple of blocks to some simple stands that were set up on the road. Some had tarps spread over them and others had built more permanent coverings. Each vendor had neatly arranged their produce and called to each shopper to entice them to buy from their stand. I often bought produce from the same woman. She spoke Chinese and no English, and I spoke English and very little Chinese. But we became friends through smiles and frequent exchanges over vegetables. I brought my own bags and I filled them and carried them back to my car. But as my pregnancy advanced, it got harder and harder to carry the heavy bags of produce. One day, this woman offered to help me carry my bags to my car. It was such a kind gesture, especially because she was the only one selling at her stand and leaving for even five minutes meant she couldn't make a sale during that time. I knew that amount of money could be important to her. It was a simple act of kindness that she offered me, but one that I've remembered for almost 10 years. Kindness is powerful. Let's consider what's happening biologically to the woman who helped carry my groceries in Beijing, China. When she made the choice to carry my groceries, her brain released several neurotransmitters, including serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, endorphins, and it reduced the amount of cortisol being produced. I'm going to explain why each of these physiological changes matter to our emotional and mental health. 
Let's start with serotonin. Serotonin is a feel-good chemical that calms you down. It makes you happier. In fact, many types of antidepressants, including SSRIs, increase the availability of serotonin to your body. Serotonin is naturally produced by kindness. And interestingly, kindness has many of the same benefits as antidepressants. There are so many studies on this topic, but let me share just a few. In a study done at the University of British Columbia, they found that a group of highly anxious individuals who performed at least six acts of kindness a week had a significant increase in positive moods, relationship satisfaction, and a decrease in social avoidance after just one month. In a different study, Dr. Stephen Post, who's a bioethics professor at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine, found that those in his study who consistently did kind things experienced less depression and higher life satisfaction. And the last study I wanted to share is by Dr. Talia Steinberg. In her research, she found that kindness stimulates the production of serotonin, just like antidepressants do. Let me share with you a simple real-life example of how our family benefited from serotonin and kindness. One time, our family was traveling with our kids and feeling a bit tired, and everyone was whining. I suggested that we as a family try to do at least one small act of kindness every day for someone that we came across. Some of the kids were excited, and other kids rolled their eyes and complained, but everyone did make an effort. One of the girls made a card for the hotel cleaner. Another held the door for someone. One of them said thank you. Another gave some money to someone in need. It was so interesting to see how these small efforts began to shift the mood in our family. Of course, we still had tired moments, and it wasn't like everything magically turned amazing. But it was interesting to watch that the amount of complaining and self-pity went down significantly. This is just a simple example, but a similar pattern can play out for us when we're feeling discouraged or lonely or disappointed or frustrated. Simply choosing to be kind can create some natural serotonin, which remember is the neurotransmitter that increases our mood and helps us feel calmer. Another neurotransmitter that is released is oxytocin. Oxytocin is sometimes called the love hormone or the cuddle hormone. Nursing mothers experience this when they feed their babies. When oxytocin is released during an exchange of kindness, we feel more connected with the other person involved. Studies show that repeated acts of kindness lead to fewer feelings of loneliness. Oxytocin also increases our self-esteem and lowers our social anxiety. Let me illustrate the power of oxytocin by sharing a simple experience that happened to one of my daughters. In one of our posts, our daughter was having a difficult time attending a new school due to her social anxiety. One of the things that we explored was having her mentor or assist other students. This was one of the most powerful approaches we tried to helping her feel more comfortable. Having someone else to take care of or to help significantly reduced her own anxiety likely because it caused a release of oxytocin and serotonin that helped lower her anxiety and helped her feel connected to others. Dopamine is our desire neurotransmitter. It causes us to want to do certain behaviors in order to get a certain reward. Because kindness is so beneficial to us, we get a huge dopamine release when we're kind. This makes us feel energetic and it makes us feel good. It also causes us to want to do more. According to research from Emory University, when you're kind to another person, your brain's pleasure and reward centers light up as if you were the recipient of a good deed 
not the giver. This phenomenon is called the helper's high. Isn't that fascinating? You as the giver actually receive the same brain high as the person receiving the kindness. Christine Carter of UC Berkeley with the Greater Good Science Center shared that one half of study participants reported feeling stronger and more energetic after helping others. They also felt calmer, less depressed, and had increased feelings of self-worth. Let me share with you a simple example of dopamine in action. One time, my daughters and their friends decided to heart attack some neighbor's doors. For those of you who haven't heard of this, they cut out about 25 paper hearts and wrote kind notes on them. They quietly taped them to the front door of a family's home, and they did it all quietly and anonymously so the family wouldn't know who had done it. The girls ran home absolutely delighted. They were on a helping high. They even asked if they could do more houses. This is exactly what happens when we help others. We get a dopamine high, and this drives us to want to do more kindness. Cortisol is the fourth neurotransmitter that I'm going to talk about today. Cortisol is actually released when we feel stressed. A study published in the Integrative Psychological and Behavioral Science Journal showed that perpetually kind people have 23% less cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and they age slower than the average population. In other words, not only does kindness increase mood and connection and pleasure, but it also reduces stress. Recently, I was feeling quite overwhelmed. This move our family has recently done has required a lot of moving pieces to be coordinated, and it's felt like a lot. One day, a friend called and shared some difficult things that were happening to her family. I was able to listen and offer comfort and validation. Although it took time that I had planned to do other things, I actually felt less stressed after. This is because kindness reduces our levels of cortisol. So we've talked about four neurotransmitters today that are affected by kindness. Serotonin increases, oxytocin increases, dopamine increases, and cortisol decreases. Why is it important to understand all of this? Why does it matter? It matters because kindness is a simple, low-cost way to improve your mood, your emotional health, and create connection. Understanding the biology helps us realize that this isn't just some nice, soft idea. It's actually creating a biological reaction in your body when you're kind. Dr. Harding, the author of The Rabbit Effect, said, Every human being is part of a complex, interrelated system. Mental health too often takes a backseat to physical health. You can cause positive change and boost the health of people around you, whether you work in healthcare or not. It comes down to kindness. How we treat one another in every aspect of our day-to-day lives matters. Individual and collective health isn't just happening at appointments in hospitals and clinics, but also in our everyday experiences. And here's the best part. A single act of kindness isn't necessarily a one-off. Instead, a kindness mindset can create a ripple effect of good. Just as a series of rude incidents can make us feel ill, cascading good acts can help us thrive as individuals and communities. By recognizing all that we have in common, we have more power to shift destiny for ourselves and others than we may realize." So let's review some of the benefits that come from these neurotransmitters released when we're kind. One, 
Our mood improves and we feel happier and have more energy due to increased serotonin. Two, we feel a greater connection with others and have less social anxiety because of the oxytocin release. Three, we feel pleasure, sometimes called the helper's high, because of the release of dopamine. And four, we feel less stressed due to increased levels of cortisol when we're kind. Let's go to our expat exit strategy which is the part in the podcast where we talk about how to actually apply these tools into your life. Consider marking down in your planner or your journal, your mood, energy, and stress level over the next few days. Then try and experiment. Make an effort to deliberately do one kind thing a day. Then record your mood, your energy, or your stress level on those days. See if there's any difference. Do your own scientific experiment and find out how kindness impacts you and the people around you. If you'd like help improving the way you feel, improving your confidence, or helping kind to difficult people in your life, you can sign up for a free 30-minute mini session on my website, The Expat Mom. Or you can sign up through the link in the show notes. I look forward to talking to you soon. Talk to you next week. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.com.